I'm gonna tell those exact same stories again. <laughs> <I have to. laughs> welcome. I think we're all good. Okay, okay. sweet. All right, welcome. Cold Pod. We have a special guest, <laughs> Greg Benedetto. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for not having dead me. yet. Yeah. Shit. Shit. All the classics. Oh, lots of lots of garbage. Lots of st- <laughs> lots of stuff to talk about. Somebody that I've known again for like a while through just like you know going out. And it's funny. I had this discussion. You know, Mansa. Yeah. So for Mansa's birthday recently. <laughs> uh huh. And uh, it's where I was like, you know, Mansa, I don't actually remember when we met. Like, like I know we've been friends for like fifteen years or something, but like. It, I'm so old now. I don't remember. Yeah, and she remembered that that uh, it was she met me when she was working at Urban Outfitters. Well, that's funny. I met her when she was working at Urban Outfitters too, <laughs> dude. If you go back and you look at like Urban Outfitters years ago, there's a, there's a web for yeah. sure. Well, there's a web with like a lot of retail in Toronto. Oh yeah, you know it's like I mean like myself included for some stores we shall not name, but you know there's like there's things that you like kind of like. I feel like when you're working retail specifically, especially when it's like a big, like, you know, corporate retail kind of thing, you kind of have this camaraderie where like, as soon as you find like the one person where you're like, you're like, like, you don't actually dress like this here. Like, like, what what do you, what do you like? You know, you're just pandering to the American apparel, like look or whatever. I got, I got sucked in on like some seasonal shit. (laughs) Cause like half of Toronto hardcore was like logging hours and it was like, I need the money. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then well, you're like, oh, we're all, yeah, we're all friends. Now we just like fuck around at work together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because like, so in the like kind of hardcore community, it's it's interesting because I feel like, and this is something that I've, we were talking about this before you even got here. Mm-hmm. There's something funny about the fact that everybody, not everybody, but so many people, at least at some point in their life, have had some sort of angsty Usually hardcore, sometimes metal, whatever. Oh, yeah. Hardcore Jason. Yeah. yeah. And it's like you can like spot them everywhere. It's yeah. not it's it's like it can't really it doesn't Dude, it never goes away. It's it's so wild to like from like the beginning of when I did started doing shows to now. Like I remember like being in college and like if I was on Blur Street and I saw somebody with like a black t shirt and tattoos, I was like, I knew who that person was. <laughs> yeah. Or they were gonna be my friend by next week. <laughs> yeah. And and then it was and then it like changed like after that to like it was like that era of like growing up in the aughts, I think, where like people got so into subculture. Yes, yeah. yes. So into subculture to now, like there is no mainstream subculture. Yeah. Mainstream culture. Yeah, there is no, just no monoculture. Yeah. Well, well, one could argue that by like dressing like, which is kind of like a whole thing with like the fashion of hardcore throughout mm-hmm. history. But there's a kind of funny thing happening now, in a sense, where like you know, dressing down is oh, kind yeah. of more punk than like you know, wearing docks and like I don't know any like yeah. any sort of like standard you know. Patches and studs on your jacket, like whatever. Kind yeah, of thing. totally. Yeah, it's like now it's like it's like you see like a guy just with like <laughs> like button down t shirt and pants, and you're like, wonder what that guy's into. It's <laughs> oh, probably yeah. some crazy right shit. Oh, well, some that's jeans. the thing. Everybody's into like weird shit. Everything's a subculture now. Everything's like a fandom. Everything's extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be like half step into anything. I know, but and how do you so how do you feel about that then with like booking shows? Sorry, I had like a whole list, but we're just going now, and I like oh. this. Um, I mean. Oh, where do I start with that question? <laughs> uh, like, like, does is it easier or is it harder now to to book, let's say lineups? I would say it's hard to maintain some degree of like integrity, right? In the sense that like, 
defining what makes what I do, what I do, like what differentiate, like I'm not the only person who books events in the city. I'm not the only person who books hardcore shows. I I don't want to be like, I I, I do believe that there's like merit to not even merit. I think fundamentally a strong arts community is built on people's ability to participate at mm-hmm. that level. Like, 100%. Yeah. I, I, I am way more stoked to hear about somebody who's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I always used to joke that like, I'll stop booking shows when somebody's like, fuck you, you're old. Stop booking <laughs> this shit. And it's never happened. And, um, and it, but it's like, I do really believe that. And then it's, as I've done it longer and longer, you run into different like I'll be like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to book hardcore shows. And I have like my, you know, puritanical idea of what that is and what that's not. And mm-hmm. yeah. every, when you're in extreme music, that's kind of like the idea. It's yeah. like, this is what it is. Yeah. Everyone who's doing not this is a yes. poser because yeah. they don't see it the way I see it. And you, you go on and then you start to meet people with that mindset and you realize, well, the person I thought was cool fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and the person who I thought sucks is actually cool. Yeah. And their beliefs are closer to mine. And then you start to like, that just is like a spiral outward. Yeah. And so I'm constantly like confronting what is it about what I do that makes it what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's just my own shit because I spend so much time on it. I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't know that necessarily anybody notices and most people are just out for a party. But I think they do notice. No, I definitely okay. think so. I think they do because at every event, every show, anything I've ever gone to, there was a very, there was, you knew it was a not dead yet thing. I knew it was you doing it and I don't cool. know exactly why or how. Like I can't even quite pinpoint it. Yeah. But there's something that has to do with even just, even things as far as like the venue choice. Like there's things that just actually make, going to see a band memorable versus yeah. being like, oh, I saw so-and-so at, I don't know, the cool house. It's like, no, I saw them in this basement at blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Huge, like, professional opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly, like, one of the, f- one thing I always tried to do, like, at first I would just, like, book a show wherever somebody would let me have a show. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I started booking shows at that place, Siesta Nouveau on Sherburne, like, a long time ago. I, I, I remember. And I remember that I, place. I thought I was going to one of the spaces in there and I just like found somebody's contact and I wrote them and they're like, yeah, you can come by. And I went in and I was like, this is not the room I thought I was coming to see. And then I was like, would you let me do shows here? And that woman Lynn was like, yeah, of course. Cool. I do plays here, but you can do shows. <laughs> that's what it also that's yeah, hardcore she was show doing, one she night did like she would do like Shakespeare the next. She did like <laughs> DIY Romeo and Juliet. And it was like I have Sick. a balcony. She'd ever all the time she'd be like excited about this crazy idea she had she was gonna do. That's so but Sick. she was like a true like uh like I don't know, bohemian, I guess, in the sense <laughs> yeah. that like she was always trying to like fit like she wasn't actively going out and trying to facilitate things, but she was open to everything. Right. And right. and I so I just started doing shows there. So, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then shows would get full and I realized, you know, the shows that are full feel better than the shows that are empty. Yeah. And it's so I've just tried to apply that logic forever where it's like, okay, I think like two hundred people are gonna come to the show. Yeah. So I'm gonna put it at the monarch because the monarch holds like 180 people. Yes. Right. Yes. And then I've just always tried to like apply that logic of like, I want it to be just full enough yeah. that people are like, this is a vibe. Yeah. Like yeah. I can yeah. feel There's that like vibration the in the room mm-hmm. as opposed to 
you know, it being half empty and people are like, mm. and you can feel it. You can always feel it when a venue is half empty. Like you can just yeah. feel that like it's there's just the energy just dis- it dissipates. It's yeah. gone. It's just mm-hmm. not there versus like being in a sweaty basement. Well, there's just not as many people giving it. It's, and then as soon as one person's like mind turns on the subject, it's everybody's mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, it's so it's 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 like a simp- that to me has always been like the simplest thing about it is like. Try and get as many people in the room yeah. as would fit the room. Yeah. Just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Because well, you can always squeeze a couple more. Yeah. Exactly. You can always squeeze a couple more. Like, you always want to have a few people at the door being like, can I please get in? And you want to let them in. You don't want to turn anyone away. <laughs> I love but. that you're saying this. We also this. want, yeah. <laughs> because the last time I went to, when I went to the, one of the shows at Expo, that shit was actually playing. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I was like, fuck, like I didn't get a ticket in time, but like, you know, friends, I can get myself in. And I remember like trying to talk to you. I was like, yo, like you're like, no, no, no one's getting in. <laughs> and then Nick Marion walks out. He's like, he's like, come on in, Josh. <laughs> but that, that's an exception because doesn't want to turn anyone around, but you. <laughs> that was that was I could. This is this is like a uh, look into my psyche. Doing shows at fucking DIY spaces is the most stressful thing. Yes, because of the story I just told you. <laughs> oh yeah. right, is yeah. that like? I've got like a, a fucking sixth sense for this shit in the sense that I know there's no exits at Expo. That was the first show at Expo. We didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. And I guessed the capacity. Yeah. I was like, I was like, Nick, do you know how many, how, what the square footage is? Because when you apply for a liquor license, it says you're, you can have this many people based on the square footage. Yeah. So I was like, Nick, do you know what the square footage is? He's like, I don't know, 2,000 or 3,000. It's like, that's a difference of like 150 people. So I was like, I'll sell this many and then see what happens. Right. Since then, we have increased the capacity to expo by about 50 people. Good to know. But it's just like, I didn't, I also didn't expect that show to sell it in 24 hours. So I didn't know what the, like, yeah. So what else, like, what other, like, differences between DIY and, you know, established venues. Cause you do both. Yeah. I've gotten really into doing a set. Like I, like I always find it so funny that I'm in this position. I actually love putting on shows at the velvet underground. These days. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and everyone who works there fucking rocks. It's yeah. like actually fun. Do I have as much fun there as I do doing it at Expo in that right. sense? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because it's also not even to say it's, it feels like less work, but it's like you actually get to delegate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but you know, it, you 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 the, the the tasks have been delegated to industry professionals yeah, exactly. who don't fuck around, which is <laughs> yeah. great. Huh. Whereas, like, I genuinely, I have surrounded myself for many years with people who fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you're big, you can do security. I myself fuck around. It's fun. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like, I still think you can capture that spirit in like a real, a quote unquote real venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, it's like I don't really like. I find I find it different most when I'm playing mm-hmm. personally. Right, right. right. Is that like? If I'm on a stage that's like three feet tall, I'm like, where the fuck is the audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm, I almost long for the frustration of someone pushing me into my guitar. Yeah, I was going to say someone unplugging. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, we played in Mexico City at the beginning of the year, and it the show was great, and people were like on stage and knocking shit over. And I'm used to like people knocking my shit over or stepping on my pedals or whatever. And this show was like particularly crazy. And I'm playing and usually I'm not like aggressive with people on stage, but I'll kind of like nudge them off the stage. (laughs) And this girl gets up on stage. I'm like, Oh, what the fuck is she doing? And, and, and I see that her like shoe is, is untied or it's come off. 
And she's like trying to get her shoe back on. I'm like, all right, I'll leave her alone. I'll let her get her shoe back on. And then she like goes to kneel down and immediately just like kneels on my delay pedal. <laughs> <You're> like, no. <laughs> and that's what I'm used to. So yeah. I don't know. It's it, like there's a certain I like I like real shit. I yeah. don't like the like that like performance aspect of it. I right. want the like I I I'm not the kind of person that necessarily appreciates seeing someone like don't get me wrong like I appreciate theatrics and and performativity yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. but I th- just feel like everyone enjoys it more when they feel like they're a part of the thing 100%. Yes. Well yeah, yeah because I feel like in a show like that the audience is equally as important as the band. Well, they're literally not on a pedestal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not exactly. On a pedestal. exactly. That's like a yeah. yeah. <laughs> A, f- a friend sent me a meme the other day of like a, a still from the office where they have like the stage and it's just like a couple of skids with a carpet on top of it. And the meme was like every hardcore guy's favorite thing. It's <laughs> like, where's the stage? That's it. That's it right Perfect. there. Yeah. But I saw, I actually saw it because uh, when you're talking about like, like, like stages that are high. Mm-hmm. Could I just want to tell you guys playing in Montreal at what looked like a very high stage. Dude, that stage was like six feet tall or something. It was <laughs> insane. And the security was out of hand. It was like we played a pool. Okay. It was that was actually a pool. It was actually a pool. Ben Mathieu in like Oshlaga. Huh. It was like an actual pool and uh that has been like repurposed for the arts. <laughs> And uh, so Montreal, yeah, it's so Montreal. It's like there's this like old building. First of all, it's an old building. Second of all, it's like been retrofitted from what it was to something new. It was fucking wild, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you you play stuff like that. Like that's a thing that I think problem we run into now is that like like we played Velvet at the end of December. Yeah, and. It's like I I enjoy watching bands play there. Playing there was like yeah, yeah, yeah. for me just like well, what the fuck am I doing up here? I like gotta like move around. And like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you have all this space all of yeah, a sudden. Like, <laughs> like and you, you also feel very like naked and like exposed. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be the hard thing for like, me. Is when you're when you're yeah when you're playing and like someone is literally like like an audience member is like literally shoulder to shoulder yeah. with you. Yeah. It's yeah, it's more like, fun. Yeah, it's way more fun. Yeah. It's way, way fun. it's way more fun. It's so, way more fun. So in the whole, like, with all these, like, uh, DIY venues and stuff, there's kind of, like, I've sort of drawn a bit of a lineage with you and Spaces. Siesta Nouveau would start. Yeah. Then, hmm. The next one after Siesta was the Adrift Clubhouse. I was just going to say. Okay, so Adrift Clubhouse, which, oddly enough, we've talked about on this podcast before because a guest came on here, Marlo, and was like, I was like, I did the same thing. I was like, how do we know each other? Like, we, we've known each other forever. How do we know? And she's like, I'll tell you exactly how we met. <laughs> oh, yeah. We met at the Adrift Clubhouse at a Smithfits party. That makes sense. <laughs> and that was true. That, that's, there was ones. So Scott approached me with the idea of Smithfits. And I was like, fuck that. I don't. <laughs> I was like, I don't, because Scott was helping me with not, or stuck in the city back then. And like, I was like, I don't, I'm not fucking DJ. I don't do dance parties. Fuck that shit. Like being puritanical about it. And, and I distinctly remember 
No, maybe it was the No Age show, but there was like I some, was at that. Yeah, I remember there that. Was a no, well, No Age, I was like, I'm not going to that shit. <laughs> and I like went and ate nachos at Sneaky D's. <laughs> you put it on technically. Well, I was at the, the Adrift Clubhouse was like a bunch of us. I think that was Pesci No Age. Yes, yeah, it, yeah, it actually was. That was Pesci No Age. But I remember like hanging out with Ryan and be, he was like, I'm going to go to No Age. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when was the shift from like being puritanical to, to not being... <laughs> <laughs> or, or, oh, or it's, been, you it's still, been a long, it's been a long <laughs> road, process. man. It's been a long road. Lots of therapy and shit. Um, yeah, I didn't, like I said, you just do it more and then you realize, well, this thing, like, honestly, I remember like before the pandemic being like, fuck, I'm so, like these hardcore shows where like people just come and beat each other up. Like mm. I'm so fucking over and I'm still like, now I'm like, yeah, hardcore's back. It's fucking sick. Let's go. <laughs> Um, I mean, it is. It is. It's fucking wild. Um, but there's, it's, I don't know. It's, you just, uh, you commit yourself to anything long enough, uh, you'll get jaded at some point. Yeah. And I've committed myself in so many different directions that it's just like, you realize that it's, it's just kind of. It's like, all just contradictions. Yeah. Kind it's of. just like, whatever. I want to like this, but not this. <laughs> I want to, I want to enjoy the time I spend with people and spend with music and all that. Stuff. So it's like it's the, the like, but I was a fucking dick. <laughs> like, for sure. I was like, a, I couldn't, I, the amount of shit I was just like, fuck that. Fuck this. I kind, I, I kind of remember you being a dick back in the day. Oh, I must've been. You probably hated my old band. No, I mean, it's not that I, it's like, you're talking about little girls. You probably did. No, I didn't. It it was just like one of those things where it was like, like I saw little girls a few times, but it was like not my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very much like, I was so, it's like the folly of youth. It's like, I think if I identify with this thing, like I always make the connection of like, so I really love music. Music has led me to a lot of things. Mm. It's, it's opened a lot of doors for me in my life in terms of like, enjoyment and relationships it's i can go i can go to a lot of places and have a really good time because of relationships music yes yeah has created for me and in the city yeah and it's like you have to be like open to things yeah yeah, yeah. and you like I, i keep going back to this but it's like the longer you do something the more you realize that the thing you're looking for isn't actually the thing that yeah, you yeah, want yeah, to find yeah, if that yeah. makes sense yeah, yeah. It's, 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 i always connected in the sense that like i struggle to find people older where i'm like oh it's great that that person still really loves hardcore right. <laughs> <laughs> like i could waste your time talking about like like a legend. very specific genre of new york hardcore from like the summer in 1985 to like the fall of 1987 <laughs> but it's like what is like it's not what's the point i love that there's a certain yeah. fanaticism about it yeah. but it's like w- there's also this other side of it where it's like i fin- that's not what yeah i'm interested Which is, it's just a part of it it's not the entire thing right but when you're like being puritanical about things you're like this is it this is the only thing dude i was fucking listening to the cbc on the way over here and they're talking about northern soul and i'm like you know all the northern soul stuff i like i like I've heard, I really like, but I've never spent time with that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because I, like, for years, I was like, I need to hear every fucking stupid cassette yeah. that's ever come out yeah. in North America. Yeah. I kind of wish I could dedicate myself to, to something that much. Well, because... I feel like I don't have, like, I've always wished I could be, like, a part of, like, or, like, 
be a, a kind of guy. <laughs> and I haven't been able to do that. Well, this is the interesting thing I would say is, is, is when I think about it. So like we were talking about this a little bit earlier, um, you know, but how everybody has a phase. Everybody's had some sort of yeah. sort of phase and not to be like mm -hmm. you're a hardcore lifer. But, you know, I, I don't even mean mm -hmm. that in a negative way, but it's like it's, you know, you've weaned out those that you maybe grew up with who were as into it as you were mm -hmm. and then you're kind of like but the, the dedication well, and, to that is fun it's like yeah all your friends leave also <laughs> that's what I like mean. that's the other thing it's like it's not just that like oh i've i've like found my way out of this or, or whatever i've done it for a long time you realize like it's all fleeting for most people yes mm -hmm. all music shit is fleeting yeah. for most people well mm -hmm. most people don't even listen to like and, you, and when I say new, I don't mean new as in new music that's that's been created recently, but new as in the music discovery aspect. Yeah, they they, they people, like what they like, and people, they people usually quit at like twenty five. Yeah, dude, one thing that has blown my mind, like in this era of promoting things, and like I have like a business business account yes. for the Not Dead Yet Instagram, so I get the insights. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, we got those too. <laughs> oh yeah, and but for music, it's so fucking depressing. Pardon me. <laughs> this Lark water is very refreshing. <laughs> Shout out to our sponsors at Lark. <laughs> We're sending us a couple of cases today. I'm, I'm half kidding, but they did send them. <laughs> um, like, fuck. What was I saying? This Lark water is fucking Lark water is throwing up our game. <laughs> um, we're going to have to edit this. Yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. Oh, um, the insights. Yeah, yeah, yeah the fucking the insights. insights. So, if you, like when I look at my insights, there's two, I would say, terrifying statistics. Okay. One, women get into music younger than men. Mm -hmm. Like women are paying attention at a younger age mm -hmm. and there is a steep fall off. Really? Yeah. Like, and I get like, I don't know if that's just hardcore or what, but I've seen it as like, yeah, of course, women get into music. They come to these shows. They meet these fucking idiots, and they're like, "Fuck this! Yeah, I need to get the fuck out of yeah. here." <laughs> or it's just like a, also an unwelcoming environment, right? Yeah. In general, the other thing is that like, like a fucking cliff, thirty-four, really, people disappear. That's so really? interesting. Yeah, like like the biggest spike. Is this my last year, guys? <laughs> I wrestled with like, it. <laughs> Am I done? No. Just no. Done. It's it's. But it is like it's it's funny to 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 think about it in that way. And I, I never had mm -hmm. like I never and like even setting up. A, I think I don't even remember if the Not Dead Yet Instagram was like something someone else set up as a joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I was like, I'm not setting up a fucking Instagram. Fuck that. I'm not setting up a Twitter. Well, Fuck I was that. even surprised when I saw that shit had an Instagram. That's I new. Like, That's I was new. like, I was like, damn, these guys sold out. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, it's like it, this is like there's a there's a real part of me that enjoys like one of the things of enjoyment I get out of this is like the cultural anthropology of it, where yeah. it's like trying to think about like where are things going, like. Like to your point, like youth culture is fleeting. Like you mm -hmm. get into something and you get out of something. And mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of move on from the thing that, that defined them in their youth. Right. Mm -hmm. But do you not think that sort of the one maybe historically lucky aspect of hardcore is the fact that 
that's never going to go away. So you're it always seems gonna... to always appeal to a new generation. Every yeah, single, every uh, or, or at the very least, extreme music. Let's just say something yeah. that's not just you know. Well, it is like it's a real subculture yeah. that is like a subculture, and a lot of people gravitate towards it and then identify with it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think especially like we could talk about like the, the hardcore boom after the pandemic and what caused it, but it's like I think people really identify and connect with like that kind of music. And there's such a wide swath of like uh, really human music, like music made by people that mm-hmm. is like passionate and like, mm. like the subject matter is so wide and varied, but like real. And um, so it's really easy when people were like kind of disconnected in the pandemic to mm-hmm. go back to the thing that made them feel something. No. And it's, it's, this is, this is completely true. Yeah. This is like, so like at that very, like again, not to keep talking about old episodes of our <laughs> podcast, but we have one that we've mentioned a couple times here. When Melissa Vincent was on, we also talked about it, but mm-hmm. it was an episode we called Rejuvenation, and it was literally recorded, I guess, the day after, after that the show, shit show yeah. at uh, at Expo. Oh, the, the shit friction. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then like, the, and like we, I called it Rejuvenation because like in the episode the whole time just talking about how like alive I felt and like back I felt and how yeah. much I had missed like. You know, and you know me, like I, I've dabbled in and out of like playing in bands and like going to shows, yeah. but also like like electronic music and other stuff. But like I had missed seeing bands live more than I even realized until after the show. And like to like actually be like sweaty and dirty and a little roughed up. And like I was I was moshing. I don't mosh, but I had to get yeah. in there just a little bit just to like oh, and it yeah. was like like that boom was like like it makes sense because we all needed to feel something that was like physical. Yeah. yeah to you know? literally crush bodies up against other bodies. Yeah, to like, just like you, yeah. you, we didn't have that. Yeah. You know, it's it, this, this has finally sparked in like one in my head, one of those moments where I was like, started to shed some of that puritanism. Yeah. Is I distinctly like, cause I was like a teenager when fucked up was like the coolest thing in Toronto. Yeah. And, uh, there was, I remember once Damien said something either in an interview or we we're talking or something where he was like, a justice show is a hundred times crazier than any hardcore show. Damn. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> what? Okay. what? Did Dude, they- I've seen hate breed. No, it's not. <laughs> but, but like, and I've seen throwdown. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's, but then like, that was one of those things when I was like 19 that was like, wait a second, what do you mean? And well, it starts to like change your, you, you see the, the shit, like the films that Romain Gavra did for them. And you're just like, well, fuck. Yeah. This yeah. shit is intense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it just, yeah. it just shows that there's, there's, there's different, there's more and different, different ways to feel the same thing, you know? And that, that thing like, like I said, like I'm kind of weirdly on this quest to figure out what it is that I actually like about all the shit that I like. And it is this sort of like the humanity of it. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it about, you know, one record of one genre versus another record of one genre that makes one more human than the other? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think more than anything it's like i'm interested in music that like tries to believe in a future or like believe in its own its own existence for the sake of its own existence like there's this one record i I wrote about at the end of last year 
by like this Swedish like folk artist that he's he's released a bunch of records under the name Blood. And under the name what, sorry? Blood. B-L-O-D. Blood. Which I think just means blood. <laughs> Sick. Um, and he put out a record last year called Pilgrim Songer. And it's literally like Swedish church songs. <laughs> yeah. But I, it, I was just like walking the dog and listening to it. And it's like, this record's fucking cool. And it's like, you know, somebody's playing like a fucking kazoo. And like, Sick. like it's just like. It's, it, I don't know if it's actually a kazoo on the record, but it's like, <laughs> it's just very like ramshackle. It literally, it's a ch- it's church songs. It's like people that are, it's like he's arranged these songs to be played with like friends and compatriots that it's like the most DIY thing. It's like, yeah. it's yeah. like literally, you know, like church music is literally just people making music. Because they believe something, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, for yeah. for the actual act of believing, yeah. Well, I think, and I a- was like, "How do I go from fucking hate breed to this?" And I'm like, <laughs> "It's that. It's that. Like, somebody believed that that they wanted to do this thing, yeah. And when they believe it intensely enough, great shit happens. Yeah. And that's like that can be applied to fucking any genre. Hundred percent. I think there's a certain like anonymity about hardcore bands too. That like it doesn't. It doesn't seem hardcore bands don't seem to try to appease that many people because they're just doing what they're doing and they yeah. have their mm-hmm. fan base and they also don't care as much about like the 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 existence of them outside of the show itself you know yeah. like for hardcore all like it's really just about them performing like we were talking about we wanted to start a hardcore band where we'd never put anything online you know? we never <laughs> did there's that plenty but, of those <laughs> but like we just yeah. you know and, and that's not like an insane thing yeah. for hardcore but it is insane for like almost for any, every any other, other genre because yeah. it's yeah. like literally it's it exists only because you want it to and if other yeah. people like it that's like great like it was yeah. like innate to hardcore because it was so abrasive for exactly. so long yeah. and then like that abrasiveness got like consumed to the point that it is now where like yeah it's pop music in a lot of cases yeah, yeah. but yeah. there's all these different modes that kind of apply to it and and people also like want something they can't find yeah exactly like, that was a huge thing in the aughts like people yeah. would name their bands fucking weird shit you couldn't google yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that would make them cool somehow and people would want their record because they couldn't find it. Yeah. And like, so it's, it's like, there's the forced obscurity aspect of it, but it's, I don't know now, like it shifts, it shifts constantly. It has shifted a hundred times since I started doing shows and, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like you, I, I have always just tried to maintain like some openness to like yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's going instead of being like, it needs to be this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more about like, what future do I want to see? Like right. I re- like I wrestled with a long time, like, like about, I don't know, it must've been like 10 or 11 years ago where people started to like pay attention to the diversity of bills, mm-hmm. which like growing up was not like I'm for, I grew up in Brampton. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was normal, but it's like, I was certainly like playing music with like people of color and like, it was just like part of the world I existed in. And then over time I kind of noticed it going away. And then all of a sudden people were talking about it. And then I started to like look around at the bands I was listening to and the bands I was booking. It's like, it's not that there wasn't, but it was like the bands that were becoming popular were like not representative. Right. 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 And that also like challenged the genre boundary where it's like, well, there's definitely music out there that I enjoy and am yeah. interested in that isn't just made by white dudes and mm-hmm. isn't just guitar music and isn't just, and then you start to think about, well, what, am, what message am I trying to put out there? And if the yeah. idea is that like 
anyone can make a thing that can challenge something or like challenge themselves, then I can book anything. Right, right. Because well, because I even remember it. noticing kind of a bit of a not even a shift, but just seeing. I want to say maybe like 2015, 14. That's probably around when it... When it was just, you know, it was like, I would see, you know, like, like even just like, elect, I'm talking even just like, like sound wise too, mm-hmm. but it would, it would, things started to progress even into the idea of there being, you know, punk bands playing with like, kind of like minimal, not minimal wave, but like, you know, like just kind of like... Synthesizers were around. Sy- yeah, the synths, yeah, the synths kind of made a bit of a bit of a splash all of a sudden but dude like you think about it's like that's also around when people were able to start cracking ableton pretty easily and like start doing that shit like like, and and when we get so like in the weeds in into music you kind of like miss those technological shifts too right you know it's like technology has pushed things in a certain way Mm -hmm. yeah but it's not to say that like electronic music wasn't around but it certainly like has definitely since then like oh yeah well i mean it's almost hard to find music that isn't at least somewhat electronically based now yeah you know yeah there's yeah yeah, there's some things in there but and also just the fact that like yeah like with you know i think like electronic music was at one point such it was very it was very gatekeeper in the sense that like you, you had, had to gear. You had to have the gear. Like, yeah, like, right. like yeah, yeah. I make electronic music. I still don't know shit about synthesizers. Yeah. And like, Dude, I'm okay with that. <laughs> the other, these, there's a whole other dimension to that, which is traveling and touring with a band now is yeah. just a fucking nightmare yeah. financially. Yeah. Like that, like I have all sorts of opinions on that, but that was certainly something I noticed like in the mid 2010s where it's like, Oh, if you're one guy oh, with, yeah. a, with a laptop and some synthesizers yeah. and you can play to 150 people, that's yeah. a decent living. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're a band playing to 150 people, that sucks. Yeah, well, that's the thing is I've always made the joke about like my music career shifting from you know five-person band to two-person band to solo yeah. artist yeah. because... And I hate to. Well, you can to, show up with a USB stick. Not even the USB <laughs> stick. I mean, yeah, it's pretty sweet. No, but I mean, like, but the idea of just like you know playing that same show to that same, you know, that same amount of money for performing at the same yeah. club, you, you get the money for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's not about not wanting to share, but it's about it actually just not being enough to make it to the next city. Yeah, yeah. it's just you not know. financially viable. Yeah, it just yeah. isn't. And and people still do it. And I think that that is another charm of like DIY music is that like you can see a band that's actually like intense and, and vis- it's a visceral experience mm-hmm. seeing a number of people play live, play their instruments together. Yeah. It can be. But I think what's cool too about this whole DIY thing is also the network. So I feel like yeah. what is important is like a lot of these bands aren't going to be doing the typical like, you know, tour you see that whatever blah, blah, blah band on Sub Pop is doing and it's just like all the cities. It's like, no, you can pick and choose ones that actually have like communities that foster the music. It also yeah. becomes much more locally focused too, yeah. you know, like yeah. Yeah. playing a bunch of shows in your own city. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah, big tour, like big tours come through and like they don't want a local or they don't want two locals on the bill. They just like want you to put the show on yeah. they want to be able to collect their money and, and well but the reality is is that that's also what big audiences want right like right. that's mm. that's the more like yeah. de- upsetting yes it's very part true. of doing bigger shows is that like yeah like you're opening for so-and-so but people also might show up after your set yeah, on people purpose. are going to actively <laughs> try and find out the set time so they can miss you <laughs> it's true 
true though it's true yeah and it's a shame and like i i mean the, the worst part is that like i never want to be that person mm-hmm. and but i do i'm not gonna say what the name of the band was but i went and see this to see this band that i really like if you I tell know. us the band that you really like, we'll be able to figure out who the opener is. All right, I'll tell you who the band is. I won't say the opener, but I went to see that band Dry Cleaning. And yeah. I really liked the record, loved the show. Yeah. Could have missed the opener, just to be totally honest with you. Would have been mad if I missed that opener. Wasn't into it. But, but Wasn't that, very good. That's that like it's 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 also different a different experience, right? Because when you're you're seeing a band like dry cleaning, you're seeing a band that's like got like an hour live set. Yeah. There's no breaks in it and like I also think at a certain age you're entitled to being like, hey, I'm not gonna go. See yeah, it. right. <laughs> <laughs> and you also just like you know, it's it's yeah. After a certain age, you're on your feet. You're. It's, yeah. I, I use I use I use so many like psychological justifications for the music I avoid. <laughs> like, like yeah, I. It's it's wild. Like I will post. Like I, I I try so desperately hard to like keep up on like new music in the city and like not just new music in the city, new music anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I try and like focus on like things that are regional where it's like it's connected to something I already know. And it's the amount of crap I listen to <laughs> to like try and find something where it's like this rocks, I want to put on for this. Yeah. Is actually staggering. No, it's it's not. It's, it's, it's always gonna, but it's all. But I think it's. I think it's always been that way. Yeah. I mean, like, in fact, it's it's. You're probably just listening to more because you can find it easier. That's like, imagine it, having sure. to like you know, buy buy a couple CDs and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dude, I legit have hundreds of tabs open. Like I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like it's 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 something. But yeah, it's I don't know. It, music discovery is fun. It is fun. No, and that's the thing is I think it's an, I think it's important to. If you really care to never let it go, like I people, you know, will like kind of not make fun of me, but joke about me being like, like you've heard you, you like they'll mention something like you've actually heard this, and I'm like, yeah, of course I heard it. I, I had to know what all the fuss was about. <laughs> I've heard I've I've heard more than I'm wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I think I'm the same. I wanted to also talk a little bit then about uh, when we we're talking about this sort of like post pandemic hardcore. Mm-hmm. I've noticed. Tough guy hardcore is back. Tough guy hardcore is back. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> because when I was really into certain bands and whatnot when I was in high school, I had the kind of, you know, I, I, I at one point towards, actually it was towards the end, towards the end of my my era mm-hmm. was when I got into like tough guy hardcore and I was listening to like Madball and Terror and like all that the stuff. The good shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I was like, I'm done with this. But it's funny, not done with it, I, I'm not even talking shit, but I'm just saying that like at that point I was like, I'm done with this. And uh, it was honestly a, a, a sect of hardcore that I never thought I would even remotely appreciate again mm-hmm. until I saw Friction. And Friction is like Damn. tough-ish. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. But still pretty. I mean, like, like, I mean, and I, the thing is, is that like your, uh, your ability to experience something has shifted. Yes. Like, I remember seeing, uh, I went to see No Warning and Ringworm in Hamilton in 2003. Damn. And it was the first time I ever saw either band. And I distinctly remember during the Ringworm set, some guy in the pit took a beer bottle and smashed it over his own head. (laughs) And and that was just a Ringworm set. The No Warning set was even crazier. And I remember, I remember... 
uh, like just seeing that happen and thinking like, what the fuck? Like, and I had been going to hardcore shows for like a couple years at that point. It's like, what the fuck? So now I'm much older than that. And so when I see shit at a show, like I'm, I'm, I'm completely on the other side of it. Whereas like, you know, five or six years ago, if somebody was being an idiot in the pit, I was like, I would, be the old guy that would run in, grab them, and be like, you fucking do that. I'm going to fucking kill you. Get the fuck out of my show. And and now I do that stuff. And then afterwards, I just like feel so much internal sadness. <laughs> like, like, I'm just like, I'm too, it's like that Danny Glover moment. I'm like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> but hard, like, hard, but it's also like, you think the things that you would like, you listen to it you're like that. Yeah, this is like heavy hardcore. And, but like, I know the people. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's not that. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. It's not right. that these are all these all these people are really nice. They're, like I'm sure they all were the really thing. nice. Like, yeah, they're all really the, nice. That's the crazy thing about hardcore is like how nice the people actually usually are. Yeah, yeah. you know, despite the music that that yeah. is somewhat violent. Or yeah, 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 like, yeah. The the, the, the yeah, <laughs> it is <laughs> fucking violent. <laughs> the the yeah, it but yeah, tough guy hardcore is definitely back. <laughs> It's you heard it, it here first, people. It's I mean, it's 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 weird. It's because it it, but it makes sense, right? Because hardcore has, as long as it's existed, maintained itself as like this like outsider track. And mm. I think, especially when, like a band like Turnstile can go from like playing to seventy people in Toronto to playing to mm. like three thousand people in Toronto, yeah. Yeah. can, and and like, their crowds are so like. F- like loving and diverse and that's like the vibe that that band puts out there is that like this is like a celebration yeah, yeah, yeah. not a fucking massacre right <laughs> and and so like if that's how the mainstream is feeling like hardcore has always been that counterpoint of being like yeah but no <laughs> <laughs> the world is actually much harder than that yeah. so i must be hard too right <laughs> Or at least the, here's my outlet for those feelings. Yeah. And yeah. The aggression yeah. that I have yeah. and, you know. But yeah, it's so it's, I mean, it all always goes in waves. I heard somebody describe a band today as uh, Vice Magazine CMJ after show. Oh, and no. I was like, I was like, check my watch. And I was like, it is about that time. <laughs> Damn. You know, like everything does shift. Like Meet Me in the Bathroom just came out. I know. Like, yeah, you know, know, we're we're back, baby. I know, I know. It's 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 literally all and it's it's, it's almost time for that little girls reunion. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> oh, I got asked. And I said <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, what? I did. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. But um You gotta catch everybody before they turn thirty-four, bud. That's <laughs> yeah, true. It's almost I mean, out, man. This would actually be the last year to pull it yeah, off. Yeah, it really would. But the tough guy thing is always funny to me because like it it really like when you get into it you really get into it oh yeah and i mean that in the sense that i remember when i was younger i i guess this would have been pre youtube so i don't even know how i found this but i found the trailer for the hellfest dvd which i then ordered online and probably still have in my parents basement but that was like no warning are in that. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, who else is it? Um, you, you can't see this on the podcast, but my horns are up. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but th- that was also such a like seminal DVD for me in a sense because like it also exposed me to the weird shit. Like the Locust are on that. And that was oh, when yeah. I like 
went Dude, in like a whole other direction. At some one point. of the shit that would happen in the nineties, like, and this was kind of like the angle when I was booking not dead yet. It's like, if you look at fests mm-hmm. now, I've had to think a lot about hardcore fests in my life. <laughs> if you look at like the, the average hardcore fest right now, it's very fucking one dimensional. Right. There is like one band or two bands that like you get like a pop punk band. And then this band that's kind of doing like, Converged kind of squee yeah. squee hardcore a little bit, but mm. for the most part, it's like very much one thing. Yeah. Mm. And back then, yeah, like there was such a diversity of like the kind of hardcore there could be. Yeah, right. and that's why that's why that DVD like spoke to me so much. Is like I didn't know that. I don't know. Seeing them all on one stage just proved, in a sense, or at least in my like young brain that these guys are all peers and they're all making different versions of extreme music. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all kind of fucking with each other and and i would say they were because like you know there's no like you don't really see any sets where no one's not into the band yeah except for maybe like thursday and the the, yeah there's but like the bands back then like people used to take selling out so much more seriously true like if you were a band that like thought yourself important of that milieu you got your fucking ass kicked (laughs) you know what i mean like like people were that much more like damaged i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah but like they took it out on each other no i mean that's then that's the thing that i also again would have been after my time but i always have talked to people who were involved in the scene when they were when they were younger and like there's always the sort of talks of the the sort of the fights that happened oh yeah outside i want to know about this <laughs> dude there's yeah oh, i <laughs> <laughs> there are stories I could I could tell of like myths about things that I wasn't even like yeah. privy to that they were just like part of the lore yeah, I picked yeah. up in going to shows. Yeah. Like maybe maybe when the mics are off. <laughs> but the truth is that they were not helpful peers of each other is that Well, like, was, is that the general idea or they were but only to a degree? Somebody was always antagonizing somebody right. else. Is the best way to say it. Yeah. Is that like because again, it's like it's a collection of fucking misfits. It's like, yeah. and, and to say it's misfits, it's like, no, it's it's kids with fucking problems, whether they're like problems at home or problems in their heads or like fucking shit they just haven't figured out, like yeah. adolescence. Yeah. I don't know, but it like <laughs> bursts forth out of people and it fucking hits other people. It's yeah. just wild. <laughs> it's just wild. Like every now and again, like I used to do dumb shit all the time. <laughs> and now I see people do dumb shit and I'm like, what are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like That's someone at that up. gel yeah. show jumped off the fucking thing. And I was like, I'm good. One, I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> yeah. T- two, this person's going to fucking kill themselves yeah. at a gel show. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like, like it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't risk it. Yeah. Like, like, but it's at the same time, it's like that chaos that makes it hardcore. Mm-hmm. I know that's the thing. That's the weird give and take about like you don't want dumb shit like that to happen. But, but that's also what it. creates the atmosphere. Yeah, and and like I willingly invite it. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, which is, I mean, that's why some of these places, some of these shows are at places that are not. They're not at the Velvet Underground. <laughs> some of them, dude. I did see someone at a show at the Velvet Underground that I did in like September, October. I forget when it was. They jumped off the stage, just regular stage dive, and they like dove so far there's like a bulkhead like to the left of the stage and just dove like head first into the bulkhead and i was just like oh my god but there's that element of danger that i think is like really important for like almost like even a city 
Like even cities need an element of danger. It just always it, it's it's I think it's inherent to yeah. it. Even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. It's it, it yeah. It's There's too, always an outer edge. Yeah, there there is there always yeah. yeah yeah, and it's like it and it's again, still relatively controlled too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, it's like controlled in the sense that it's like you know it's it's uh, the thing contained. is is that like and I mean this ends up being at least a little bit political, but it's just fucking people. Yeah. Like it's just this people. Are, and yeah. all people do is try and like, for the most part, most people are just trying to take care of other people. Mm-hmm. Like there's a couple psychopaths out there, but yeah. like for the most part, the vibe at one show, like in terms of taking care of each other is not, it, it gets worse yeah. in more mainstream venues. Yeah. Yes. Like it yeah. just yeah. does yeah. because people feel entitled to that space. When yeah. you go into a DIY space, most people, people enter that space with some degree of reverence. With yeah. Like, this is a privilege for me to be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that these things aren't easy to happen. And like, so even when I like give people shit, like I have never, ever, ever in a DIY space been like seen someone doing something they shouldn't do. Yeah. And I've been like, hey, what the fuck? And they'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But yeah, that's yeah, I, yeah. I think like the yeah. DIY element of it gives, provides that or supplements that, that, feeling of danger so then the like the people going don't have to make the danger up you know whereas yeah. you go to like a nice clean show at Scotiabank Arena or something yeah. like you maybe not that size but like you want to evoke danger yeah, well, you want to fuck it up <laughs> you, know, you want to fuck it up you yeah, want to do yeah. something it's it's a weird human like a human instinct and then yeah. the other aspect too is like you know community yeah. and i say that in the sense that like you know i would i remember going to shows for years and like you know you'd bring like a friend or a girlfriend or someone who's just like not never yeah. been around that before and yeah. they're like oh my god that pit's crazy yeah. someone gets you know pummeled to the ground and then immediately people start lifting them back up yeah. and they're like what yeah, and I'm like, yeah somebody not gets to kill each other yeah, yeah somebody gets <laughs> like their face smashed they're bleeding everywhere and like 10 people are trying to help them yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like if you're in a real venue it's like you're dealing with security and everyone else is just like they're like, oh, get me well, I don't want to get this. involved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. but like again, it's like there's a certain communal aspect to this like idea of being outside of what is deemed acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's anarchy. Really. Yeah. yeah, but it's like <laughs> yeah. that, that is what it is. Yeah. but like it's it's this idea that you know community can persist, and like when I say community, I mean like a certain level of care for the other people around you can exist. You yeah. don't yeah. need a fucking state apparatus to be like right. be a good person. And yeah, if yeah, I yeah. feel like the state apparatus makes people less likely to like support their community, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. well, that's already taken care of by some other force. It's alienating. Yeah, for sure. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then let's talk about this phone number now. This hotline. It's not really a hotline. I mean, I have, I'll be honest. I have not called it. <laughs> you can't call it. It's just so I can harass you with SMS. <laughs> okay. So that's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> Though I have like, I have. So in the nineties, there was like a, Toronto hardcore hotline. Okay. That was like somebody set up uh, a phone number. Yeah. And you could call that phone number. And when you called it, you would get an answering machine. And that answering machine would like read out the upcoming shows. Yeah. yeah. Like Zema and like whatever. So when I set that up, people were like, oh, hardcore hotline. I was like, no, 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 no. Because I feel like you must have played into it a little because even I kind of was like, I was like, damn, you really did that. Well, like, no, what huh. it really what it really is 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 an effort for me to like try and get away from 
The Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So, well, and, so, and I've been doing it long enough to know like Instagram's days are numbered to some yeah, degree. Like yeah. I've had this discussion with Dan Burke, who you should definitely have on the show. I've, I know. I've, I've asked him and he said, yes, we're just, we're just, we're just, um, I've had this discussion with Dan where Dan's like, you're going to put up a Facebook event. I was like, Dan, if I put up a Facebook event, absolutely zero more people are going to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Nobody in the age range of like fucking 17 to 34 is on Facebook. Anymore. Yeah. Like it's just not a thing. That's yeah. not how people find out about things. Yeah. Anybody who's on Facebook complaining about where are the things they're on the weren't going to come anyway. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. like, and that's the natural order of shit. Like things come and go. Yeah. And, and so like part of the whole text message thing is that like, I'm trying to figure out a way to get away from, Instagram and and the trappings of like technology and also like try and keep it more like again like more human mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that like we live in a world now where like if you're a half decent graphic designer or you make funny memes it's mm. like you're in charge now <laughs> yeah <it's> all <laughs> and and everybody else is just like victim to like whatever you're selling you know yeah, and, and which is nothing yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a fucking weird, yeah. it's a really weird time to be like, it feels, I don't know, it's like that fucking Mark Fisher capitalist realism. Yeah. Like there is no alternative other yeah, than yeah. like buy my shit. Yeah. yeah. So just constantly trying to figure out a way beyond that. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I've created my own personal hell. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> but do you, so to like, cause we've talked about this a couple times, but like, you know, I feel like what's tough about this is, you know, Facebook was at one point kind of the best way to do things mm -hmm. as far as like pushing it. So, so it's like, I, I, I have the utmost respect for you for, for trying something new with this like SMS text thing, because like it's getting harder and harder to promote the, like the algorithm is all fucked. Certain things don't promote. You have to pay for things now. Just to even get eyes on them. It's like it's fucked. So it's like, how do you do it? I like. Th that's why I like set up the SMS thing because it's like. Ultimately, I don't want to fucking force my shit on anybody who mm -hmm. like doesn't want it to be. I don't want, and I also don't want to fucking pay Facebook for ads. Yeah. No. 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 So it's Absolutely like. Not. Also, and when I see a Facebook ad for an event, I'm like, that's probably lame. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nobody's buying tickets <laughs> that's for this. sponsored on top? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm yeah. not fucking going like, to yeah. that. No, no. So it's, it, and, and, and further, like, if you're familiar with, like, the technological aspect of it, Facebook ads are a fucking scam. Yeah. yeah. Like, nobody's going to see your Facebook ad. You don't know how to target it. You don't know, like, every other fucking major corporation is paying Facebook millions and billions of dollars yeah. to not show them your ad. Yeah, exactly. Because, right. like, there's only so many eyeballs. Yeah. So the whole that whole fucking game is rigged. And yeah. it's like, well, what if there's, like, this one-to-one -one thing where you just, like, opt in and I yeah. tell you, like, not, and, and people don't want a fucking mailing list. Yeah. Like, not everybody checks their emails or goes to spam or whatever, but you could sign up for a fucking text and if you yeah, want to know yeah. about what shows are coming up, yeah. yeah, I'll text you and let you know what shows are coming up. And that's, oh, yeah. that's literally, <laughs> yeah. and you can come or not. Like yeah. maybe there'll be a link to buy tickets, but yeah. like that's it. And it's, it's just like, again, it's like more human than fucking. Yeah. Yeah. You can sign up. And when I announce a show, I'll send you a text message. Like, hey, <laughs> that's it. This show's coming up. Yeah. And well, I will do it. I will do it. But I also, I also do end up seeing most of them on Instagram, which is like, yeah. 
I guess because I've engaged with your page enough. Thank, thank you for your up. thank you for your engagement. <laughs> pops up pretty early on my my uh, my stories. Yeah. Feed. But it's 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 all all this shit is like so fucking pervasive, and I'm just interested in getting away from it as best as I can. Yeah, yeah. Just because I don't, it it is in fundamental opposition to like. Yeah. What I believe, it's why everything feels the same. Right, it's yeah, why right. that feels like there are, everything is a subculture and nothing is a subculture. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. But that's also like another weird thing where it's like, I could post something the day of and it might sell as many tickets as right, if I you, posted it like fucking... Oh, yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, you actually just don't before. know. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It, it, well, yeah, when the events that we've had have like, it's been, sometimes it's been like two, well, I guess it's been different, but there's been events that we've had where it's been like a month with no interaction and then we post like, oh, almost like, you know, it's... Or like, 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 like two days away and yeah. they're like, oh. Yeah, and then they yeah. buy them all that day. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like wait, Dude, Yeah, it's, it's fucking, it's, it's a very, uh, very strange time. And I like, I'm trying to get back in the habit of like posters and flyers. And that's just like, well, it used to be like you put the poster up at the record show because that's where all the people yeah. who like music go is to yeah. the record store. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the cro- the fucking Venn diagram of people who go to record stores and like people who go, go to, to shows, shows is like, are just me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's we've now gotten to a point where like, you know, the, the, the record collector or, you know, avid like listener and someone who purchases records is honestly doing that to like. So that they don't have to go to the yeah, show. Yeah. yeah, it's like this is how I support the band now. <laughs> yeah. I buy the record. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So when we were we were going through the whole the list of venues and whatnot, we we mm. were at uh, we were at the, the Drift, Drift Clubhouse. Clubhouse. So now, yeah. So what's your timeline on? So this? then my timeline, the next one in my mind would maybe be Sheebie-Jeebies. Yeah, because we like kind of went back. There was a Drift Clubhouse that ran for like six months. Then we went back to a Drift in Kensington. Or no, then we went back. Sorry, we went back to Siesta Nouveau. Okay. And then, because the Adrift Clubhouse was like maybe six months. Oh, I know, but it was such an iconic time. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like it, it was also the biggest of probably out of all of the spaces. I feel like Sheebie-Jeebies was bigger. You know what? You, I, As I was saying that, I'm thinking that you're probably right. But I think because I was just like... When so you're younger, like, the bands are tougher and the venues are bigger. <laughs> exactly. Baby. I yeah. actually think that like my like 18-year-old self was probably like, this place is fucking massive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like it, well, it was the two rooms and there was enough room that you could like skateboard in the one room and then the room where the shows happened in. It was like also a half pipe, right? Was there a half? Yeah, there was a mini ramp in there. No, that was the mini ramp and the fucking box were in the bigger room or the, yeah. the longer room. And then there was the room where the shows were in. I think it held like 200 okay. or so people, maybe like 220. Yeah. And... um. Yeah. God bless Lindsay Westfall and her crazy ideas. <laughs> classic spot. So then Sheebie-Jeebies. Sheebie-Jeebies was after. That yeah. was on Geary. That was, that Geary. was classic spot. Geary, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you are right. I actually had a funny interaction. So like I'm always like. You were the first. There was actually one other space on Geary at the time, Geary Lane. And there was this dude named Jay who was doing like the odd like experimental show in there and we were kind of around at the same time i definitely did like probably like 30 or 40 shows at shibijibis yeah and it was crazy it was sick it was it was uh the the most crimes i've done in a small time (laughs) (laughs) like in that in that like is the most concentrated criminal activity yeah 
legendary space. <laughs> then I guess after, did you have something to do with Faith Void? I didn't have something to do with Faith. No, Co- okay. common myth. Okay. No, Faith Void. So like there was an idea. Um, what was it that happened? If I remember the sequence of events correctly, Ryan got laid off from his job. Okay. And he like was turned on to this grant through Carrie Butt, I think. Okay. That was like basically like if you lost your job, you can go to school and we'll teach you how to like run your own business. So he like signed up for that. And the idea was that to make rent at Shibijibis, what we're gonna do is like basically put a storefront in front of it. Right. And then uh, the reason Shibijibis got shut down, I love telling this story because fuck Stuart Berman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've never met face to face, but I, I will carry this grudge forever. Um, <laughs> He was going to write a piece about Geary mm-hmm. in the Toronto Star. Okay. Like that, that it was like, a, you know, it's a happening place for yeah. the arts. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go on the record for any of this stuff. Please fucking do not do this. Keep my name out of it. Yeah. And he like mentioned the space and Fuck. said I wasn't willing to comment. And it was within like six weeks that every space on that street that was like was doing something was served. No, even raided by the cops served a bylaw violation. Really? Which was basically like, you can't do this here. Fuck. Like not like beyond like, like if the AGCO says you can't get a license, a certain type of license, you can still figure out a way to get a license. Yeah. A bylaw violation is like, there's the, the only people that can fucking change a bylaw are condo developers. Mm. There is no fucking way around like, cause Jeez. we're violating the zoning bylaw. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they were, and now there's all sorts of people with all sorts of money up on Geary street. Like, yeah. Like moving and shaking. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Laid the groundwork. Yeah. Wow. No, but it was like, and it was all because of that fucking article. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ryan was going to do a store in the front and that's kind of was going to like subsidize the rent. We're like, okay, we're going to do like this little store and mm-hmm. then we'll have the venue in the back. We'll fix the place up and it'll become like a little bit more like, not that it wasn't legit. Like we were doing shows, people were coming. It was. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is Faith Void. This is, the, well, no, this, this, this was this is, this is Jeebies. Jeebies. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. And then when the bylaw violation came, I was just like, our landlord was like, we can help you try and figure it out. And I was like, yeah. in my head, like I do believe that everything is impermanent like especially with diy music Mm -hmm. like once you become an institution then you're an institution and you can't be the that thing anymore yes yeah like there there has to be something in opposition to you Uh, it's for if your music community is healthy there will be something in opposition to you Mm -hmm. and um so i was just like and i was also fucking exhausted yeah like shows there on weeknights would start at like 9 or 10 p.m go into like one or two in the morning. Yeah. By the time I would get home, it was like two or three. And that was like on a weeknight. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd have to get up in the morning and like go to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like fucking beat. And I was just like, you know what? I'm out. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, I'm done. I'm good. And Ryan was like, well, maybe I'm still going to do this like store thing. And yeah. I was yeah. Like, cool, man, you do a store, I'll put shows on there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll help you out. And but... that was the Faith Void era is that like Ryan stepped up and he like did his store and that was from like 2015 to 2018 yeah, or 19. So. Yeah, I definitely went there a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 
It, it lasted way longer than Shibijibis. Like Shibijibis was a year and a half. I think like the last show was like October 2015. Shibijibis was only a year and a half. Interesting. Max. I thought it was. Long. I felt Max. like it was longer. The first show was like April 2014. Okay. And it only existed enough long enough for there to be one not dead yet festival. Because we did like a pre-show and an art show there and stuff mm. like that. And yeah, so it only lasted, it lasted like a year and a half, maybe. Damn. And then Faith Void was like 2015 to 2018 or 19. And then the pandemic. No, then you also had, hold on, there's one more. What was the other one? There's the spot that, I mean, I feel like this might have just been a one-off, but mm-hmm. it was at like, uh, what was it at? It was like DuPont and like Dundas, like Dundas West. There was a shitness there. Grand Canyon. Yeah. That wasn't me, though. That okay. was like, I did the show there. That was a couple people who, like, again, independent theater company. <laughs> <laughs> they had a space there. That's the secret, it seems like. Yeah. To well, find like, a DIY like, space. Yeah, that's, that's like, true integration all, of culture, too. We're all like independent artists just yeah. trying to make the city fucking work for yeah. us, right? Yeah. And, uh, they had this space and we did a shipment there and like i was like jacked on that space i was like i'm gonna do so much shit here this is like the perfect this is like just this is like a black box yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and it was about the size of, as expo is and it was just like and then i had like probably like 10 shows booked there and then the fucking pandemic happened damn and it yeah. was just like and they ended up you know that first few months of the pandemic everyone's like just shuffling dates like, oh, the thing that was going to happen in May, that's going to happen in August now. Yeah. And then, like, by the end of the year, people are like, I'm out. We're done. Now We're that folding. I think about it, in a really weird... I went to that show. Mm-hmm. That show happened and then the pandemic happened, right? That was... That would have been, like, December 20, 30th, 2019. 2019. So I was at that show. <clears throat> kind of don't think I did much because I kind of did my, like, chill out January Well, nothing thing. happens in January. Exactly. Yeah. Pandemic happens. And, wow, yeah. Then the first show I go out to see. It's also shit. It's kind of funny. We to think also about. F- humor. Like there was, there was also a funny aspect of like I think shit ended up playing like the last shows at like a number of <laughs> yeah. like we like we played the last show at Double Double Land. We played the last show at the Coffin Factory. Yeah. We played like there was a bunch of places oh, yeah, where it's like if there too. was a building that was like maybe going to get shut down, <laughs> we were like the fucking yeah. husband. We, know exactly we played eviction are. parties. We played all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So, we yeah. played weddings. We played eviction yeah. parties. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a trip. Yeah. We were playing shows in Europe when like I was in England we had just like done like a few shows in Europe and I was in England at a cafe, like on a Sunday with a friend of mine, we had just played London like the night or two before. And I like popped open my phone. I was like, Oh, <laughs> Northern Italy's in lockdown. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen here, but yeah, it's like, and it's like, that's weird. And then we got picked up at the airport with a band from like Northern Italy. So I like saw them that afternoon. I was like, damn, how are you guys going to get home? <laughs> That's so fucked. And then Shit. like by the time you, everyone's talking about it. And then by, it was like the week we were on tour, everything was fine. And then the week after all the bands that toured on the other side of the festival, 
like you could see their tours like it was like a fucking race against time and borders and like <laughs> yeah to like get back to the yeah it's like to- we left the UK we're gonna be fine we're gonna make it to Sweden holy fuck no we're not like <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's fucked up. go back it's fucked yeah. up it's fucked up time for everyone with music. yeah but but I feel like we've I feel like on a positive on the other we've, end. We've, yeah we've come out on the other end and I think it's like I don't know I think that I think that now you know I I think that now that things have We've gone past those sort of like weird summers we had where things were like kind of back. Like, oh, now it feels like it's like a thing. Like, yeah. it's just back and it feels and it feels like we for, can us. Like, for, for us, for us, for us, yeah. for, for us. But it feels yeah. but it feels like, you know, we're it doesn't feel like a, like the novelty is now gone and now it's just like love. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Everyone like it's it is a bit of a different vibe than it was before. And like the world is like doing the the cruel thing the world does and marching on but it's like yeah. it's a for like the vibe it shows is like crazy now and like the amount of people like the thought of doing what we've been doing at expo where it's like almost i think i've done like maybe like eight shows there or something yeah. and seven of them have been sold out yeah. like it's like yeah. kind of crazy yeah that it's like that's like at Sheebie-Jeebies, I'd do a show and like fifty people would come, yeah, or yeah, like a yeah. hundred people maybe. Like yeah. there was a couple shows where like that were as big as the expo shows, but now the expo shows is like people people want to be doing that shit. Yeah, like and, and it's kind excited. of the same people every time too. It's like well, not there's more people, different people, but like it's you know people are returning a lot yeah. of the yeah. time and like yeah, yeah. It's it's I don't know. It's it's a hard thing to put your finger on because it's like mm-hmm. it's we're all just kind of still experiencing it, but yeah. it, it, there's definitely like this weird euphoria and there's this weird, like there's this desire for connection and community and like people just want to be out and experiencing something. Yeah. A lot, there's a lot of people who don't like, there is yeah, a true. lot of people yeah. who uh, don't go out anymore. Yeah. They're not into it. I st- also stay home way fucking more than I yeah. used to, yeah. but it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's that like when people go out, they want to make sure that they're like in Heaven, yeah. seeing something that that's yeah, worth it. That's worth yeah. leaving the house. It, for. I think we also it's kind of corny, but like when we saw what we <coughs> we saw we sorry how do I phrase this we <laughs> we like we saw a loss of what we had, you know, and then we yeah. learned to like appreciate all that stuff, and then yeah. once it came back, it was like okay, I really want to do this the right way, not overindulge in it. Yeah, you know, go out every fucking night to every fucking show, but go. But yeah, like, like, like I'm going to make... Like, have balance. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of the fun thing about doing... Like, I have, like, you know, there were times last week where... Last year where I had, like, six shows in a week. Yeah. But, like, with Expo, it's like, we're not doing, like, multiple shows a week. Right. It's, like, maybe one a month. Yeah. And maybe a couple a month. This summer, we'll see how it goes. Right. But, like, the desire is to, like, make it something that people want. Make it special. Make it, make it something... Like it, yeah, yeah. I feel like... I feel like it... There's something special about it. There's a special quality yeah. about doing the shows there. <clears throat> and from the way it's looking, I feel like there actually is a bright future with that place. I hope so. Uh, I hope so. At least for the next couple of years. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and it like that we're kind of doing it together where it's like this DIY space that's also like a vintage store and it like kind of functions for both. Like it has afforded us an opportunity to like I don't have to sweat like running a venue and putting like right. keeping the lights on 30 nights a month <laughs> yeah. and uh, we don't have to staff it. Like it's, it's the store does that part of it. Yeah. And then yeah. the shows actually enrich the store and vice versa. And yeah. it's like, it's kind of its own 
You've actually it's found a the different perfect... model of doing things that like the city really isn't built to allow. Right. Yeah. Right. And so we're just trying to navigate it as best we can. But I feel like you found the perfect mix of like you were saying, doing traditionally DIY versus, you know, booking at the velvet or something. Yeah. It's kind of this nice little sweet spot. It is. And we, and like, that's the thing is like, we want to make it better too. Like I want to get a better sound system in there. I want to put like a little bit of a stage. So, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. like so, there was at that gel show, I showed up late. And uh, this venue is packed, and I got. I was like, I can't fucking see shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I have the privilege of being like, well, I'm just gonna stand on the fucking bar then. <laughs> yeah. But it's like I got in there, and I was like, we we'd been talking about. I was like, we need to put in like just a little bit just, of a yeah, just something. Like, give me a foot yeah, so that yeah. like I can like at least see some of the action. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. But it's uh yeah, it's a it's a wild little project and hopefully it goes on for no i hope so too um and i guess the last thing like what's what else is next what's the next what's next for the world of not dead yet i don't know man um there it's i don't know it's that like relentless pursuit of it i guess i've never really done this for any when i started doing it it was like i want to bring bands to toronto that i want people to see like and that's just changed the bands have changed who they are and right um, I, I think mostly just continue to do that. Maybe bring this expo space to life a bit more in terms mm-hmm. of like making it a bit more real, but like, I'm just living day to day with this shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I have a to-do list a mile long and I just try and fucking keep up with it. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's it. Like people ask all the time if like the festival is going to come back. I think that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Because it started out as a festival. Well, yeah. Like, well, I started doing shows under the name Stuck in the City, and then that was like a, a blog when people were doing blogs. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the festival started. It was like Stuck in the City presents Not Dead Yet. Stuck in the, well, it was, it was Pesci and I at first. And then um, over time, it was just like, well, Not Dead Yet is kind of the thing now. And mm-hmm. I just kind of yeah. rolled with that. And uh the festival ran for like eight years and now it's like i don't i don't know like people i get asked daily (laughs) really i'm not even fucking kidding like every day somebody (laughs) like i'll get a text message from like random ass people be like are you bringing the festival back i heard maybe you're gonna bring the festival back and it's like i i do like a festival uh affords me the opportunity to like really stretch yeah. On like the bands I want to bring here because it brings in enough money to like make that shit possible yeah. and gives people a reason. And, um, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a lot. Like, I could never do fucking a hundred bands in four days again. That's fucking That's it's, it used to be nuts. I used to, he used to post the flyers and I'd be like, Jesus Christ, where'd I even begin? And like how I, much how, did you have a team? Like, how much? Yeah, like, there was a bunch of people that worked on it and, like people helped out with it there was like people finding people places to stay uh coordinating like advances making sure that like i but i did i, I like i don't want to say i did most of it but i did most of it yeah like the and and there was always kind of like this rotating cast of characters around it and it yeah, it was fucking. I don't know, man. Like I given myself brain damage. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> fucked up. Like, and it, yeah, it, but it was all like eventually it would kind of. Well, after a few years, it started to like book itself a little bit. Like right. I would be like, "These are the bands I'm going to bring." I've been talking to them for like years about it, and 
Yeah, it, uh, but yeah, then dealing with other people and it being an independent thing, like ends up getting really fucking hard. You start having to deal with like everybody else's drama with like the people they're fucking or whoever else. And it's like, (laughs) it's just a fucking, the, that part of it became a nightmare and like, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine because we've, I've booked shows in my time and we booked a couple things together and like, these are one-off events. It gets Mm. easier when you do them at volume. True, but it's just like, but I remember just like every time I'm just like, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. what, like why am I doing this? I like, still get that feeling. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that feeling goes away. Someone's like, oh, actually, like, I, I forgot uh, all my cables. You got cables, right? I'm like, well, kind of told me them. So, like, oh, actually, can you get me this? It's just like the stress of it. But then when it's done, like, the, the reward of it is like, I still have moments where I'm like, I read the writer like <laughs> half an hour before Long McQuaid closes, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Like, dude, I, the, the up until Six like wedge monitors, even a few weeks ago, there was this whole fucking thing. I did a podcast. Oh, like really? I, I, I promoted a podcast. Oh, you did. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, what was that again? True Anon. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, of which I'm a fan. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I did, I hosted their like live show. Yeah. Was it like the horseshoe or something? Is right? that the horseshoe? Yeah. yeah. And, and brace from that show. He's like, uh, an old punk. Yeah. Sick. Right. Used to play in bands from the Bay Area. Used to write for Maximum Rock and Roll and shit. And uh, there was like this kind of back and forth at the beginning about like their tour manager advanced with the venue and not me. Right. But advanced with like this insane question in the advance, which was like, can you guys get me a jerry can and a lighter and a tarp for the stage? And the venue reads that. They're just like, what the fuck? Like basically I get an email from the horseshoe. That's like, uh, what the fuck? And it doesn't have the advance package with it. It's just like this request came in. Yeah. And I was like, haha. Okay, cool. Like I'll figure it out. Yeah. And then it was like, no, 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 no. This is not, they're like, this is not happening. There's like a whole thread. And then I like, so then the whole focus becomes on, well, they want to, pour gasoline on someone on the stage and light them on fire. We're not letting that happen. Yeah. The So everybody gets distracted by that. I was away that weekend. So I'm like trying to figure out text messaging everyone. And, and then I get back and I'm true on that night. I'm like, it's all sorted. I've got the Jerry can just a little bit of water. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And then I get a call from like uh, Nick, who's down at the venue, like setting things up. And he's like, they want to know where the projector is. <laughs> and I was like, well, what projector? And then I finally see like the advanced thing and I'm like, fuck. Oh no. So I'm like trying to figure out how to get a fucking good enough projector to like yeah. do a whole show with. Fuck. But yes. Yeah, but that's always the case. There's always something. There's always There's something. There's always. That's, that's crazy. So that is, you, you know, what's next? trying to not trying to figure that stuff out in advance (laughs) like trying to like really like that's the goal for me now is to just like figure out not to do like i want to do more shows like i'm getting asked to do a lot of stuff that i really want to do and i want to make that shit happen um so the the thing i don't have more of is my time right yeah that's the thing I'm trying to figure out. Right. Because I have learned that going hard makes me go insane. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it makes Balance, everybody man. go insane. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I just become a fucking nightmare for myself and people around me. So yeah. it's like 
trying to fucking figure out what the balance is use use the fact that like all this shit is like popular and and people are coming to shows is like a way to like support other people who are like trying to find like a job between tours or between art projects and stuff like that and like make it use basically like not dead yet to envision a certain type of future continue to envision like the future i want for the city which is like more people being involved in like making shit happen yeah that's that's the ultimate goal forever with this is that like uh the joke i would make is that like it it's i have i the only way i get to see the bands i want to see is if i fucking book them no i and i i I completely agree that's that's kind of so all it really is and all it comes down to it's not more fucking complicated than that (laughs) and thankfully there are lots of people in the city who would also like to see those bands Yeah. yeah yeah so Get a PA, fucking drag it to a room, learn how to do sound shittily. It'll be fine. <laughs> do it Sick. yourself. Yeah. yeah exactly. Just do it yourself. Do it yourself. Literally do it yourself. Uh, On that note, uh, yeah. thank you, Greg, for coming through. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Very fun. This lark water was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> he has to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Gun to his head. <laughs>